Ants. Ants. And wasp. Ants. I'm cowbelling. Guys, need, yeah, I need more cowbell. Needs more cowbell. <laughs> <laughs> Get into Geek. We're talking movies, we're talking Marvel, MCU, Ant-Man and the Wasp. This is our full spoilers discussion and review. Look, if you've stumbled across this podcast and you haven't yet seen the film, I don't care. You should care about spoilers. Stop now. Go back and listen to our non-spoilers chat if you're desperate Final to listen warning, to what guys. we say about a movie. Uh, or just go and see the movie. That's actually your best option. Go see the film. And then if there's still time, listen to us idiots talk about it. Mm. My name is Mitch. Joining me, Matty Gibson. Hi. And Lincoln, my brother. G'day, g'day. And hey, you go. <laughs> you don't get that reference anymore, Matty? Don't get that right. Oh, dear um, God, Matty. Get some about, culture in your mouth. What about cowbell as well? Or? I had so much faith in you until that moment. <laughs> right there, mate. So much faith. <laughs> There's some like American listeners right now that are like, what the hell is what that? Hell? What are they even saying? <laughs> g'day, g'day. <laughs> and how you going? Yeah, it's, 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 it, it was a thing. I was going to say it's a thing. It's, it was it a, is thing. a thing. Anyway, we digress. What it's is definitely here, a thing <laughs> is Ant-Man and the Wasp. Let's talk spoilers. There's no more warnings. Yada, yada, yada. We're going to spoil some shit right now. I cannot believe Wasp is the one that killed Thanos. Boom. Unbelievable. I mean... Just took us by surprise, boom. really. Who knew that those little stingers were his kryptonite? Unbelievable. Mm. Uh, okay, look, let's talk about it for real. <laughs> Wasp got f- Dusted. There's a spoiler. Okay, Boom. we'll get to that at the end of this chat. Yep. But there you go. If you're still How listening, how dare this film dust Michelle Pfeiffer? Yeah, I mean, we just got her back, and she right? got dust. I mean, as if she hasn't had it tough enough. Honestly, mm. come on. Thirty years in the quantum realm, she gets out for a little bit, and then Thanos oh. decides to click his f-ing fingers. Hello. I See mean, she still looks very good of having been living by, on her wits for the last thirty years in the quantum realm. Fantastic. Yeah. I have, I have a, a, a good couple of questions. I just wonder, what did she eat in the quantum realm? Do you get thirsty? Do Mate, you, you saw get those big, like, microscopic the bugs? The tardigrades. <clears throat> sure. And it's only because I watched Discovery and they were a big thing in there. Don't, let's not talk they're like about micro, it. They're like microscopic animals. Oh, you said Discovery animals, when you so. said Star Trek before. I thought there was another Star Trek. Yeah, okay. You think hunting him with that big spear she's got made out of her broken wing. See, just now that's... Like, just going uh, full, like, um, Jonah and the Whale. Just... Yeah. That yeah. was a very cool... Like, I just thought she'd fashioned some, like, hardened crystal she'd found in the quantum realm, but no, that's a, like... I thought it was just, like, wing. a broken wing that was out, yeah. and then when she get close, you realise that it is, like, part of, like, a Very weapon. cool. Mm. Yeah. Very cool. Mm. But to uh, to go back to the start of the film, I'm actually really glad how they tied in all the events from number one and also yeah. Captain America Civil War to give the audience a good catch-up, and so well, you're up to date. At the end of the movie, we had a friend of uh, Maddie and I's who came up and... and he said something that's completely relevant to the podcast, but he basically, well, he told us. He said, oh, I've not seen the first one. And to me, I'm like, how did any of this move make any f-ing sense right. to you? Like, They come out, it's like, by the way, this guy shrinks. Now, okay, you, if you're a casual viewer, you go into a superhero film, it's like, oh, what's this guy's shtick? Oh, he dresses up like a bat. What's this guy's shtick? Ah, oh, he's got a mechanical suit and, you know, he mm. fights terrorists. Okay, what's this guy's shtick? He shrinks. Sweet. That's awesome. all I need to know. But still, like, you go in and they're just shrinking all over the place. There's a chick she can fly and shrink. Oh, they're talking about her missing mother who went missing into the quantum realm and she's disintegrating and, and shrinking forever. It's like, what yeah. the hell? He's on house arrest for enough. two for two years because of 
what he did in Germany. Oh, is, that, is that what he's got to do from Ant Man One? No, mm. it was in another movie. It was, it was in another Captain America third film. <laughs> it was kind of like a two point five of the overall like joint venture called the event. We'll catch you up. We'll catch you up. Like it was a massive <laughs> catch up. This entire film. Yeah. At the start, the little prelude, they basically retold you that story about Janet from the first film. Mm. But mm. then just like I thought, they were just peppering stuff at the start, saying, "Oh yeah, since you know you went over to Germany, I'm like that'll be yeah. it. That'll mm. be literally any mention we get." of what happened in Civil War. No, no, no. That was a common thread throughout. There was that brilliant moment where you had the FBI agent basically just expositioning the f*** out of the entire MCU as far as Scott (laughs) Lang is concerned to Cassie Lang. And she's just looking at him like, Dude, stop talking. Why? Yeah. What? But you know but what I was this awesome. is You know what I really loved awesome. about that? Perfect. Yeah. Perfect tone. Yeah, because like you said it was exposition. I'm like, oh man, what is this? And the fact that he was telling it to her, and then Paul Rudd says, oh wow, you're really great with kids. Like mm. it was a setup to a joke. Whereas I just thought it was a, hey, if you're not a big MCU fan mm. and you don't know all your but stuff, but it's clever in that it covers both of those. It yeah, does. Yeah, yeah. It covers you off in both. Caters to the non MCU fans, to the people that. Like I have, may have watched the movies, but not in a long time. So it's like catching them up for the people who are the fans. Go, yeah, 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 yes, yes, and oh, that, that, actually, that's pretty witty. Mm. It's it's for everyone, mm. and it's also understandable. Yeah, he didn't no. just say it in a way that uh, that you sort of go, what, what, what's that big word? Mean? And it's I, like, it's good. I yeah. really like that actor Randall Park. He's really funny. He's great. He's amazing in um, Veep with uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus. Yeah, yeah, right. See, I've not I watched Veep, but I've seen his his own show with uh, Fresh Off the Boat. Yeah, I think he's he left Veep to go and do Fresh Off the Boat, but yeah. he's in a solid two or three seasons of Veep, and yeah. he's brilliant in that. See, that was a I, I guess for me like this film when I said it in our non spoilers, it was more of the same, which is great because I love the same i love i loved Mm. ant-man one but so i started to think towards the end of the movie or probably midway through the movie where it had this really just overly comedic tone to it and i'm like this is starting to feel a little bit overdone with how much they're trying to make us laugh and his character randall park's fbi character Mm. came into that a lot because he was funny too he was Mm. a bit zany he was a bit stupid whereas you compare the first film you had ant-man who was sort of a fish out of water scott lang is a fish out of water when you when he's thrown in the mix with with hank and hope you had him and you had Bobby Cannavale as his daughter's soon-to-be stepfather as a straight-laced cop. No mm. bullshit. He was serious. And so there was a nice little mix. And, and you had Ant-Man was almost the comedic relief in his own film. But then mm. to him, you had Michael Pena, who was mm. the real comedic relief. Then in this movie, everyone's kind of funny. Like you had the FBI agent was funny. Then Bobby Cannavale's cop character he was like, oh, we're best buds and mm. stuff. Like, he had nothing to do with this movie. And who knew every single San Francisco cop just wants to learn close-up magic? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there was... I, I didn't mind the magic. Like, that was a kind of a nice touch in that first that scene. Nice and touch. There was, was just subtle. a few little bits here and there that they just sort of repeated almost one too many. Yeah. And I'm glad they did stop when they did. Now, I, w- we hosted the screening tonight and I was I was lucky enough to, to intro it and I joked shut up, around Scotty. saying... Yeah. <laughs> Again, irrelevant to the podcast, but if you were there, shut up, Scotty. Um, <laughs> and I said, I would happily sit down and watch a whole feature film purely on Luis telling mm. the story about that guy mm. and he t- he went and found out this other girl that he used to have a crush on. I expected almost that to be the catch-up. I expected that to be Randall yeah. Park's little thing. Or maybe at the end when he's, you know, maybe lead into Infinity War or something. They only had one of those stories, but they expanded on it. And it was funny the way that they set it up. But the fact that it was in such a serious situation, you had these bad guys, we're here to kill you. Walton mm. Goggins, he's, he's here to kill you. And then you've got these guys not taking anything serious. And Ant-Man's little, little sidekicks. It was, it was played for laughs. And then you've got 
the FBI stuff that's played for laughs and then back to Luis played for laughs and Ant-Man being sort of lost in what was going on played for laughs and only when they really switched on the quantum machine and they made contact with uh, Janet and I thought oh this is we're back to this being a serious almost yeah. scientific movie mm. in many ways this was the most scientific MCU film of them all um, because you are delving so deep into all this quantum stuff Again, I liked that they made a funny reference to that a third of the way through the movie where Scott Lang said, are you guys just putting quantum in front of everything to make it sound smart? So I was worried halfway through the film that they were just like, hey, you know what? All that comedy shit worked in the first one. Let's just make it all about that. And And it wasn't another heist either. It was different enough that it wasn't another heist film. Yeah, but at the same time, I liked the chase, like the fact that he is under house arrest, but he was always away from his house. And it was was a big deal. If you're like, like... Instead well, of being like the universe it. is about to explode, it's like, man, if a cop goes to his house, he's going away for twenty years. That was the stake in this film. Like, yeah. Yeah. everyone has asked since Infinity War, literally half the life in the universe has been wiped out. Yeah. How do you possibly top that? And for my, I've always believed in the MCU can do it. You don't try to top it. No. You just make whatever you make feel important. Exactly. You know, Avengers one, aliens were invading the. F- planet from a portal of the other side of the the universe and they were being sent there by a guy we don't know until the post credits but then like you get 18 months later and Cap finds out the government has been overrun with Nazis from from World War 2 for the last 50 years yeah and then a year later you have Ant-Man and it's a heist film they go we can't call the Avengers because I don't like Stark and this is too important. We need to do this in a couple of days. Yeah, he doesn't so, want to give the technology over to a star. Yeah, yeah, but you can make a small story post a giant blockbuster like an Avengers film hmm. feel important within yeah. its own context. Without and that's what they did about this was that if Scott Lang was found out, he was going away for 20 years. You'd never see and his kid again. that Hank and Hope were on the run because of Scott. They did yep. nothing wrong. It was just because of him. So if any of these people mm. are found, they're going to go back to jail. So... I like that, yeah, you felt the stakes, even though it was all based in one city, even a couple of suburbs of one city. Yeah. And and, and that side of it works. So, yeah, I'm really glad that it, it started to not lose its way for me. It just started to it lose itself in its own yeah. comic Do you know what relief. It was for me? And, then it, and it jumped back. And it what it was for again. me is there was one scene. So you had you had the first scene where Mike, with Michael Pena with the truth serum, that yeah. scene. Great. Mm-hmm. Then they cut away to the drama stuff. Mm. Then they cut back to the Michael Pena doing more um, truth serum stuff. Yeah. To me, that scene didn't have to be there. Mm. On its own, it's funny. And towards the end, there is a bit of plot there where they see the bad guy calling the FBI and all that sort of stuff. But I feel like the actual Michael Pena being under the whammy of the truth serum stuff, that whole stuff was fun. Didn't need to be there. I was like, oh, so totally that was the weird weird bit for me where that could have... I think been trimmed out yeah. and you wouldn't have, that would make a good bonus like DVD feature or yeah. something and like that. And I'm not that. trying to nitpick one particular line. It's just more of, uh, of the overall feel based on this one example, but the, it's not a truth serum. That was funny because when they, when they come back from that dramatic scene, he said something at the mm. truth serum and that angry thug was like, it's not a truth serum. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. If you, you think between those two scenes, that they've continually berated him with the fact that it's yeah. a truth serum. Instead, we saw it three times. 
before the break, comes back, it's another stab. It's like, yeah, we get it. You, yeah. That and joke sort of ran its course. Like a good joke, you hammer it three times. You know, stand-up comedians, I've mentioned this in the podcast before, they do a joke in the first 10 minutes, they hit you again at about the ten or, uh, 20 or 25-minute mark, and then bang, they close the show at 70 yeah. minutes. They throw and they did back the same thing this. They did throw back to it right at the end when the guy was, oh, that it is was a funny. serum. That was Even great. though it had kind of run its course in the middle of the movie, I love that they brought yeah, it back at the end. That was, that was funny. Yeah, I didn't need to see Michael Peña give them up. There mm. was enough in that setup of the truth serum and all that sort of stuff that you know that he's going to give them up. Yeah. You didn't need to see it. So that was the one little bit for me. But then the flip side of that is, you were talking about it before with the, the Michael Peña storytelling thing is very much a, a really, I think, crucial component of an Ant-Man film. It's yeah. one of their tentpoles. After one movie, it felt like yeah. it was. Yeah, now it definitely is, yeah. And I think, you know, you look at um, my beloved X-Men and it's like the Quicksilver scene from Days of Future Past in the Pentagon mm. is everybody, if you didn't like that film, people still loved that scene in the yeah. kitchen where it's all slow-mo and he's running around. They tried to recreate that in Apocalypse yes, and yeah. everyone was like, not as good. Yeah. It was too yeah. far. It was too much. It was too long. There was almost like, there was so much. They tried to do the same gag. Yeah. And there was so much in the stakes because he had to rescue the entire mansion. There was actually no stakes because you know that he was going to accomplish what he did, mm. needed to do. This movie did it the other way. It's like they've revisited that joke from the first film, but all of Michael Pena's stories in this worked. Yeah. It didn't feel that they didn't try and overdo themselves crazy. They just did the joke again, but kept it fresh, mm. which I was really impressed with. Yeah, I think for me, the only thing that got me was the police officer. Now I love I love at the start with his jokes where with the card thing he's like how'd you do that and then later on you see him doing it on his on his computer in, in his office. office yeah. I thought all oh, that was great and the fact that. He said he works with kids when he's not a, a, a policeman and stuff like that. Or oh, a he's pastor. like a weekend youth, pastor. Youth pastor. Yeah. yeah, so like it, it's kind of cool because he has a soft spot for, for kids and stuff like that. I think the only two things that got me about him was uh, it was a line. Now, I can't actually remember the exact words, but it's when he's they're chasing after Scott Lang. And it was almost like he said, oh, cripers or something like that. Uh, oh, yeah. You remember that? A couple of those. It was a weird line where he... Like, he it, he went from being in control, having all the resources at his disposal, to all of a sudden, when he was losing control, he looked like a kid. He who, turned into who, Ned Flanders. It, like, he had those weird... 100%. It looked basically like your stereotypical virgin that's thrown into a yeah. porn set. Oh. You know what I mean? like, oh, oh my... Oh. Crimey diddly! Yeah, whatever it what, was. Yeah. It was a really weird line they could have done without it. And then, at the very end... It was a cool awkwardness between the two of them, but then at the very end when he goes, well, do you want to get something to yeah. eat? Do you want to get some dinner? I was like, oh, no, no, no. See, no, for mine, that was, it was again, it was the same deal with that, uh, with the scene, um, the truth serum in a way. It was, the setup was great. At the start, mm. I loved the, the FBI agent at the start with the magic and all that. Mm. I loved him at the end. I think, it, it should have been a warning sign. You get Randall Park. That guy's not there to play a serious, dramatic character. He's, no. so, he's so good at that awkward oh, humour or being kind An of a serious... Or in Fresh of the Boat where everyone else is sort of... you know He's trying to keep control of the circus in a way. Mm. He is so great at that weird, awkward humour that, yeah, I, I I lost a bit at the, in the middle because he was just... he was. He was part of the yeah. part of the background where everything was was funny and had yeah. a bit of a bit of quirk to it. Was it. A bit manic. Whereas at the start, he was the weird guy it in was a the very focus. serious situation. They're coming, they're coming to look at his house. They're like, "You got three days, man. You've just broken perimeter." Yeah. He he was a bit funny. He was still serious, but mm. he was a bit funny. At the end, he's coming to arrest Scott. He doesn't have to. He gets uh, to let him go, and he's yeah. then it was that awkward exchange. I really like the end of it, despite what they did to him in the middle. Yeah. So I think he that was... does really play into a lot of what they did in this movie. It's that they start off well, they get a little bit lost in the mm. middle, but mm. unlike a lot of other movies, it managed to course correct. 
He lo- yeah, he, he well before the yeah, end. Okay, Through the middle there, he did lose his menacing factor. He was yeah. he was an obstacle at the start, and it's mm. like, oh, he could pose some problems for us here, mm. for Scott, you know, being put away for twenty years. But yeah, he lost all of that authority and that, you know, being an obstacle we've got to overcome. He lost that through the middle. I almost kind of wish he'd kind of been tapered off a little bit and actually became an ally towards the end. And the the crooked FBI agent who was the informer, mm. I kind of wish he'd been the one chasing them down because I yeah. thought that would have been a little bit more, oh shit, you know, because yeah. he's a crooked FBI agent. And then maybe, you know, there was that, there'd be that classic thing where Randall Park's character figures out that he's a double agent or whatever and mm. takes him down and suddenly becomes, you know, an ally to Scott in a way. Which is a good been... story, but I wonder if something like that would have been a little too predictable. Yeah, and that's the thing, so and the nature, the nature of you know Paul Rudd and his types of films is a lot of it is just improv. So I think yeah. that's that's where a lot of this stuff kind of did go off course a little bit mm. because they were just improving and just riffing. And do you think that they went, oh, there's so much gold here, how much can we put in? And then they put that little bit too much, yeah. which is kind of ruin what almost feels like a bit of a spontaneous conversation. It's like, okay, mm. you've oversaturated it now. Yeah. Yeah, I see. Yeah, definitely. Now, we're talking about the villains, and we and I'll get to her in a minute. We were talking about it in the non-spoilers with Ghost. But for me, come the end of this movie, I'm like, this this movie is almost without a villain. It's It's mm. got like a secondary villain. What do you call him? An anti-villain mm. or something? An anti- like? Well... Anti-hero. An anti-hero... She was definitely more on the villain side than she yeah. was an anti-hero. But at the same time, when you get Ghost's backstory... Mm. Uh, and then you find out, okay, she's doing some horrible things, even her allies with, with Morpheus, Lawrence Fishburne, saying, you've done some shit I'm not happy with, but I really want to help you. And, yeah. But if you do this, mm. it's a step too far. Even though Walton Goggins wasn't the lead bad guy, and even if you just single out his scenes in particular... Is that he the, 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 the arms dealer? Name was? The arms yeah, dealer guy, yeah. You don't, the you... southern dude who's the bad guy in anything he's ever in. Oh, really? He's a southern bad guy. <laughs> yeah. But he's so, he is such a, a fantastic actor. And oh, like he was great. in Tomb Raider and he was mm. going to be the chief bad guy. And he was all right, but he had literally nothing to do. Yeah. Like, be menacing, blah, blah, blah. This, it was like, at least he's a secondary villain. So if you come away going, well, he didn't have much to do, it's like, well, it wasn't all on him. He wasn't the mm. supernatural bad guy. He just mm. seemed, to, seemed to show up at places and you're like, oh, that's right. You're a threat now. Okay, I, f- <laughs> I keep forgetting about you. So it was weird in a way that I, I the movie was a, even well before it wrapped up and Ghost was still a quote-unquote threat where I'm like, well, you're not the bad guy. You're not a bad guy. You're, you're just doing, doing bad things. Mm. You're doing, yeah, to, for not survival. Even, not even for a good reason, but for your own self-serving reasons. And Walton Goggins, he is a secondary villain, but is kind of the main antagonist by its you know, definition, I guess. Mm. It was it was strange. Yeah, so like he felt underdone, but he's not the main ga- bad guy, mm. so I don't really... I don't really judge it for that. And Ghost, yeah, interesting where she's not a chief bad guy. She's going to be doing some horrible things and a definite step away from what Yellow Jacket was, which was yes. evil version of mm. Ant-Man who can also shrink and do yeah. This is what I've been things. waiting for for quite a while. And we spoke about it maybe in Ragnarok or Infinity War is a good superhero film, comic, cartoon, whatever you want to, you know, watch. It doesn't always, the villain doesn't always have to die. Mm. You can defeat a villain. I mean, what would Bat if Batman had killed off all his villains, he'd have nothing left. The whole point of Batman is he won't kill, he'll capture these guys, put them into prison, the prison system fails, they get let back out, and he's got to do it all over again. Just watch Lego Batman where they're like, Oh yeah, people still running around. What has Batman actually done? Everyone's yeah. like, Oh yeah, he's kind of shit. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like I love the fact that yeah, we kind of walk this this crooked line with ghost. And her morals and, and how fast she'd go and Lawrence Fishburne trying to hold her back and all that sort of stuff. But I loved at the end, instead of just 
defeating her and whacking her in prison or whacking her on the raft or mm. killing her, mm. we helped her. Yes. You know? You're right. We helped we resolved the situation um that was, you know, oh, in a in a long stretch it was kind of Hank's fault, but not really. Mm. Like he was associated with it, but it's like, you know, Ghost's father didn't have to go and do all those yep. unsafe science projects on his yeah, side. No. So you can't blame Hank for the explosion, all that sort of stuff. But it's like they've helped him out. And it's like maybe she will serve a, uh, serve a prison sentence or something like that. But it's like they've depowered her. Yep. And really, that was all she wanted. Exactly. All that she was, wanted was, was to be depowered. Take she... away the reason I'm a threat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which was Michelle Pfeiffer took away her pain. Yeah. And there, all of a sudden, she's a normal human again. And she's that's you're right. That's exactly all she's ever wanted. And the beautiful part about after that is that she tries to run. And Lawrence Fishburne sort of says, I'm not going to leave you. And she said, I'm a threat. I've done bad things, this and that. Mm. You haven't. And all he's ever wanted to do was help her. And then at the very end, he still, he's now thinks of her as a daughter. He said, I'm not leaving you. Mm. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. They've helped her. And it's a really beautiful ending. And, and you're kind of looking for either her to die or, I, I actually have to admit, I was waiting after they rescued Michelle Pfeiffer, um, you know, the mum from the quantum realm. There was a couple of really silent moments. It was beautiful reconciliation moments between her daughter, uh, between her and Hope, and her and Hank Pym. Part of me was thinking, "Shit, she's going to die here." I thought going into this film, I thought she was originally going to be the bad guy. She was going to be the secret bad guy, not Lawrence Fishburne. Right. Given that she was in all the promotional material and that sort of stuff, and she didn't really have a whole lot to do in the film. Mm. But yeah, in those moments, I was the same. I was like, "That ghost chick's going to come and kill her." All of a yeah, sudden, I was like, "Okay, she's, she's clearly not the villain." So she's, there's no turn moment there. The turn moment is be ghost is going to come up and just like stab her in the back or snap exactly. her neck or something like that. Something, something yeah. that was bound to happen, and I'm really glad it didn't because it was it it went away from the you we're so used to that happening. Yeah. In so many movies, it's that moment of pure bliss and, and beautiful moments and this and that, and then bang. And it's great because it, it, it sort of furthers the anger or the shock and all, whatever it may be. But this was a beautiful moment, and the story didn't need that to keep going. Yeah. So it was really good to see that. I actually thought they were going to kill off Hank Pym, especially early in the movie oh, when yeah. he cuts to him and he's got ghost fist through his throat. I mm. he's dead. I'm like, he's dead. Yeah. They've just they've killed him off. Yep. No, they didn't. And then it's like, oh, they're going to kill him towards the end in the quantum realm. Is he going to sacrifice himself, yeah. you know, so that he can save uh, Janet and bring yeah. her back? So it was it was quite interesting. It was a good moment for her, like, uncontrollable phasing powers to not, you know, defunct and go solid. Because, you know, she said, yeah. I'm, 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 not, it's un, I'm unstable. Mm. Like, she's got a phasing yeah. hand through his neck. If she all of a sudden goes completely physical, he dead. Yeah. He gone. And that was the, my favourite part of this film is the fact that her powers were biological, not technological. Yeah. I really thought it was going to be purely the suit. Yeah. And it was because they, they went through the quantum realm at the, at the end of the first film and figured yeah. out a way to come back. I thought that was going to unlock all these kinds of things. They were going to steal some of their research and they'd perverted it to make this ghost costume. So I loved the fact that it wasn't just another powerful costume mm. doing it. It was... It was her abilities that they had to try and sort of reconcile, and it, it just put a really fresh turn on it, and I really enjoyed it. An emotional spin, too. And she was great. She was really menacing, but then she also played the softer parts when the she needed to. Yeah, yeah. I really I really enjoyed her performance. And even more so than the first movie, not that they need to explain it, not that they ask the question to explain it or anything, but it's clear why this bad guy needs to be dealt or why this situation needs to be dealt with by Ant-Man and team. You know, it wasn't, like you said, it wasn't Hank Pym's making, but they are the smartest people as far as this sort of science phenomenon goes in the mm. world. Hank Pym's a genius. 
you know, Ant-Man, Scott Lang, is a weapon to be used by Hope and Hank in these situations. But it's even if they would have, you know, if it would have been an Avengers movie, if you could have Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans and whoever else pop up at will like they would be able to in the comics, they're not going to be able to help as much as what Hank Pym can do. No. It would still mm. come down well, to those key characters to fix the situation. And the fact that what Ghost wanted was Pym tech. They mm. wanted that tech. Yeah. So they, they want, again, in the same way... Um, we were talking about before with sort of, you know, we gave Ghost what she wanted. Mm. What she actually wanted was the same thing we did. She wanted to get Janet back from the quantum realm, but she wanted to take all the take all the particles out of her to save herself. So it's yeah. like they both wanted the same outcome for different reasons. Mm. So it was, re- it was a really great sort of back and forward there. Yeah. Now, she wanted to keep her... Like, she didn't need to bring her back to get that. She, she was like... When she was travelling back from the quantum realm, Hank and Janet... Ghost started sucking the energy out of her. Yeah. Anyway. I think she, she could have done it from within the quantum oh, realm. Oh, could she? So I think somehow, yeah. Like they didn't oh, need to okay. bring it back. But oh, that's right. Once they opened the quantum tunnel, then she was able yeah, to do what a, she yeah. wanted. That's right. Straight from. That's yeah. right. And so that's yeah. I was like, oh, she she didn't not die. Like they weren't going to kill her off as soon yeah. as they found her there. Like she obviously had to get back and have that moment with mm. hope. But um, I did love with with everything that happened. There was a girl sitting in the row behind us, and her thing, her step too far was when the laboratory got shrunken down and it turned into the suitcase. Bullshit. And started she was like, oh, come on, that's too far. Yeah. That was that was her that was her too far moment. You're making a movie about getting into a quantum realm right? where a man shrinks. You can shrink anything. You're doing all these crazy. There's a chick that's phasing. Yeah. In and out of of solid matter. Yeah. And she's like, yeah. no. With the technology that's already been available in number one, you can't shrink a building. I think yeah. it was, just, was it the amount of time because I heard her kept saying, oh, it's too far. But there was it was like little jokes and stuff here and there that they kept repeating, and I I heard her saying the same thing as well. <coughs> and I'm like, oh, what? Which which part of this? But then come the end, there was some payoff joke, and she was pissing herself. And I'm like, what? Hang on, that's been repeated too. Like, where do you draw the line, there you is, crazy woman? There is a touch of movie convenience about it in that things seem to have whatever density we need them to. Oh, so it's like obviously. So it's like at first I was like, oh wait, wouldn't that building weigh the the weight of a building? How could Hank just put it on wheels and draw and drag it along? But then I'm like, it was what was really cool was the touch towards the end when they really when they fire up the quantum bridge, it's actually made out of like a dial from yes. like a, a padlock or a yeah. safe. Yep. So it's like they've used smaller objects to do it. Yeah. But then the flip side to that is okay. So when the molecules are now expanded. Yeah. So when when Hope, for example, gets the Hello Kitty Pez dispenser and enlarges that, that's enough to knock the the guy riding the motorbike off his motorbike. Whereas it's like, well, is if if a building yeah. can weigh what a building does, and then when you shrink it down, you can move it like a briefcase. Yeah, wouldn't the pe- like well, is especially the, when he's no way and he's he's punching with the force of whatever when he's the size of an ant. And yeah. in number one, when they're fighting and and they fall out of the chopper into the pool, they're fighting at the uh, the family's house, <laughs> and all of a sudden he jumps through the window and he hits him with the ping pong um the yeah. racket into the bug zapper. It's just and it just lands into yeah. it. It's like okay. So yeah, all so, of a sudden his strength and weight is, is compares to nothing. Yeah. Well, so when the, when the Pez dispenser is large, does it still have the same weight and mass as the small Pez dispenser? Doesn't increase because then in the kitchen it's like, well, Hope grabs the salt shaker and throws it and enlarges it to and the it, size of the door. And yes, he does. Out. And it's more about blocking the door and knocking him backwards. But it's like if you think of us, if we punched or like like slammed a salt a glass salt shaker against the wall as hard as we could, we'd break it. Like we'd be able to shatter it. Yeah. So it's like if it kept that same integrity when it's large and we ran into it wouldn't it shatter so there's yeah. a little bit of that 
back and forth, but it's like like the movie says, you put the word quantum in front of it and yeah. it you know, absolves a lot it of those things. Either, yeah, yeah, yeah. either it wasn't as contradictory in this film as number one, or I just thought to hell with it in my own mind and my subconscious. Mm. Because yeah, in the first one, rewatching the first one, like you see the first time he wears the suit and the bathwater sends him out of the tub and he lands on a tile. And he cracks the tile. Yeah. And you've got Hank Pym in his head who's saying, oh, yeah, you're stronger than you thought, as a way of him saying, you just fell the equivalent of like 100 times your body height and you didn't die. In fact, you actually, you hurt the ground. Mm. But then he falls through the crack and goes through one layer of the, of the ground, goes through another layer, mm. yeah. but then lands on a record, on a player. And that's and, nice. and, and that's played for comedy because he's holding on and it's spinning, yeah. but you're zoomed right in. So it's like, oh, my God, but he's then spinning out end- of control. But it's there just to be funny. It's like, well, yeah. if you crack the roof, why wouldn't you crack the record? But- and then at the end of the film, Hank Pym, it's revealed he has a real tank on his keychain. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, well, if he, if at any point did he drop, if he dropped his keys. Is that dropping a tank? Is that drop, is that tank yeah. going to go through the floor of an apartment it's, building it, In a way, well. it's kind so of like Mjolnir. Like, I've had people, like, he watched Thor The Dark World and yes. I think one of the greatest jokes in that <laughs> uh, movie was when he hangs it on the coat hook. And it's just funny because like when he comes in, that's what he puts away. It's like, oh, that it, it weighs. That's you know, it, the Hulk can't lift that. How would that hold it up? And I'm like, it's not about. It's not technically heavy. He just whenever anyone else tries to pick it up, like it actually weighs yeah. that much. But it weighs that much depending on where you put it. Like, yeah. Well, te- they made that same joke in Age of Ultron where they were like. Okay, so if you put me on it in a lift and the lift goes up, does that make the lift worthy? Yeah, like <laughs> like that's fine. You put it on the ground on a fifth floor of a building, it won't crack through this thing. But if Hulk mm. tries to pick it up, he's even not strong enough to do it. So yeah. that makes sense because it's like ah, oh, Mjolnir and 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 Odin it's magic magically enchanted. I think, I think in terms of this kind of stuff, it's almost ignorance is bliss when it comes to splitting the mm. oh, yeah. with the, with the and physics that's the thing. and technology. I think if this yeah. movie was... at the end of the day, we're talking about shrinking. Oh yeah, a dude. To well, what's our what's our favorite meme bin this week? Is the the little kid asking their parents, okay, could a lightsaber cut through Captain America's shield? Yeah, it's yeah. Like, <laughs> um. Mm. We're crossing two universes. Okay. I think, Can I answer what Ma- I said? Well, Mark Hamill actually answered it yeah, in a he tweet. Was good. And he was just like, well, depends what universe you're in. in you yeah. know, in the MC universe, MC universe, no. Yeah. Uh, in, in, in the Star Wars universe, oh, they'd never fight anyway. They'd be friends. Yeah. Oh, it's like, oh, how good. He, he handled it very well. Yeah. My, I said, yes, the lightsaber would cut through the shield, but Captain America would still win the fight. He's a strategist. Worse. He's an expert fighter. Like he could win that mm. fight, even against the force. As opposed well, to a force wielding, uh, you know, monk who spends their entire life studying the ways wow. of the force. Okay, well, I'm thinking more of a general Grievous. Who Re- doesn't I have mean, the Return force. of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi Skywalker. Yes. Um, the Last Jedi Skywalker. Probably not. Probably not. Probably not. I'm talking. Uh, I'm talking. Qui Gon Jinn, Obi Wan in the first movie can take on Darth Maul. Is really yeah. quick with stuff. Or, Cap's in trouble there. Yeah, Cap's yeah, taking that for shawarma. He's like, we can, we can <laughs> do this another way, guys. We can do it. <laughs> uh, well, okay, talking about Captain America, a lot of talk about him, obviously, because of the whole Civil War thing. And yeah, it was peppered throughout this movie a lot where they keep referencing um, back toward that. Now, obviously, I, I can't imagine, we, we speaking to people at the end of this movie, they were like, oh, well, I guess it takes place, you know, before Infinity War. And I'm like, how do you not get that already? Like, yeah. I actually don't understand how you don't get that this movie takes place before Infinity War. It also said in it, it's, he's been in um, house, uh, arrest. house arrest for two years. Yeah. But I mean, even if like, because it comes, actually, that, the one thing you've noticed before I did, Matty, about uh, Phase 3, the Phase three's thing is that aside from one or two movies they don't take place when they're released, which yeah. has otherwise been the thing, unless otherwise stated, for the MCU movies. They are set when the movie is released. 
So Infinity War takes place in April, May 2018. Civil War, April, May, depending on which country you're in when it was released, 2016. A year after that, 2017, you had Guardians 2 release, but it was actually set in the back half of 2014 before mm. 2015, you know? Like three months after the first Guardians. Yeah. So yeah. this, I actually expected this movie to be set within a couple of months after Civil War. Instead, it comes up and it says present day, but it's, well, I guess it technically yeah. it could be, and Infinity War was set, you know, now as well. Yeah. Which obviously it was come the end of this film, but... um. Yeah, I it I I liked the the time placement when they said two years. It got me excited because I thought, wow, this isn't a, going to be a a prequel ish type story uh, or setup to Infinity War, but they're obviously going to pay off in it yeah. at the end of this we, movie. I knew going in that it had to be one of the end credit sequence had to be mm, of someone in in Scott's life turning to dust. Oh, yeah. yeah, I thought it'd yeah. be Cassie. Yes, um, I agree. Oh, that imagine that man. People right. lost their minds when Groot died. Like you yeah. kill a kid. Yeah. 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 So um yeah, I kind of like the way it was done. It was just and even like pe- people were gasping when it's like hey, Scott's on the intercom like, "Hey guys, haha, very well, funny." Like, and I'm like, "Oh." But yeah. then when it cut back and just the whole audience out, there's like, oh, that's from that other movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my god. These movies are interconnected? Oh my what? god. I just thought they were from the same company. That's I mean, it. <laughs> half the people would know that cuz still people leave before the f- Oh my god. Honestly, when I saw people leaving, I'm like, "You've all enjoyed this. You get what's mm. going Stop to happen. Being Stick around for 2 minutes." And it's fine. You know what? I, well, I always assume that you don't enjoy the movie. I do not believe, though, that 80, 100, 150 people did not enjoy that movie tonight. To be fair, though, this this film is not helping the situation when first end credit sequence, great. We mm. wait through the entire credits. Where t- people are asking us. People always look to us and go, should we stay? And we're like, well, yes, obviously. Yeah. We tell everyone to stay, and the final end credit sequence is an ant playing the drums. Yeah. See, that's what I said to Mitchell. Like, yeah, and I was so you, pissed. you and yeah. I, we had a friend of ours in front, the same friend that I mentioned before that hadn't seen the first Ant Man, and he's like, "Oh, I should I stick around?" And we're like, "Yeah, there'll be." An, I said, "There'll be another one." I know. Yeah, I'm like, "It'll be Captain Marvel setup. It's yeah. got to be Captain Marvel." And I said, setup. "Nah, man, they they have an important one in the middle, probably because they know people leave, and the, the second one is like the Grand Master having an orgy in Thor Ragnarok, or mm. How the Duck in Guardians of the Galaxy." Ugh, don't remind it's, me. Yeah, I know, and it's it's not going to be that great. It's not going to be memorable. It's probably be a payoff with Michael Pena or something. It'll be a joke. But then I thought, how do you have these human characters play a comedic scene that means nothing in the grand context of these movies hmm. after the dusting we just saw yeah. in, the, in the in the mid credit sequence, and then it cuts to the apartment or the house and there's no one around. You're like, oh shit, yeah. this has got a dreary feeling. And then it was just that shot from the trailer, which I get there was a giant ant running around at the end of the first Ant-Man. Obviously there's many now because he's got workers and they use one of those workers to pretend to be Scott Lang throughout the whole film. Mm. But then playing the drums, like even in the trailer, I'm like, I know these ants do crazy things, but even physically, is an ant able to sit on a chair and play drums? Mate, can I- it... An ant doesn't have opposable thumbs. How can it hold a drumstick? Thank yeah, again, you. and like Lincoln said, this is the type of thing where we, it's like, hey, you're in a movie where a guy can shrink down and go into the quantum realm. Mm. Cool, done. Give it to me. What are the rules in this franchise? Yeah. Oh, an ant can play a drum. Nah, I don't believe that. Yeah, yeah. but the, I'm, in that, I'm in that camp. The one like, thing that would have saved it for me is if the ant had turned to dust. I was waiting. That for That would have sold it for me. And yeah. the, dr- the drumsticks <laughs> just drop. I'm like. That totally would have been worth yeah. it. Amazing. See, for me, Amazing. I, I'm, I'm editing, Captain Chronology, I'm editing the giant MCU in chronological order. 
That scene doesn't make the cut. I'm sorry. Yeah. That mm. scene doesn't make the cut because what do I do with it? Yeah. doesn't make the cut. There's nothing yeah. to do with that um, scene. That so, was yeah. just a ridiculous thing at the end. Of the yeah. It's, and it's, it's probably I think it's going to go down as like, you know, up there with Howard the Duck. I think people, people are going to be, I think for the next, between now and Captain Marvel, people are going to be arguing which is the worst end credit scene, yeah. this or Howard the Duck. I oh. See, Howard the Duck really sticks out in my head, but I think because it was the first shit one. Up until that yeah. point, we mm. had even one, say, like Thor the Dark World where... He showed back up, and then we had that um, yeah. that the the giant that monster jumping through the through uh, London or whatever it was through London chasing birds and stuff. Yeah, that was fine because it was like, oh yeah, that thing's still out there. Mm, That's yeah, been still, still going to have to go movie. and track that He's down. Have to right? go kick the shit out of that. Whereas yeah. how the duck was the first, like, oh shit, man, what's this mm. going to be? It's like, mm. oh, it's that duck smoking that was. We, that, we didn't even see him in the movie, did we? We um, it's just a joke. Well, for a second, no, did we? I don't no, think so. that was think, his first after spot. Making something that. Oh, sorry, Mitch. No, I was going to say that was for the that was for the real hardcore Marvel fans. How the duck or fans of late '80s films. And it was like, oh, really? How dare you, Marvel? You've, you've, everything's been gold up until now for these post-credit scenes. Yeah. The Ant thing isn't wasn't as offensive, but I think it's because now it's like, well, they're not all going to be gold. Yeah. Back then, there was only one post-credit scene. Now, if you're watching Guardians two, there's five of them. Mm. It's yeah. like some of them are going to be good, some of them are going to yeah. be crap. But I just wonder though, when you're actually, you know, the studio executives have got to watch the movie several times and then have test audience things before the release of the film. Did they get positive responses every single mm. time for that? I don't like, reckon I'm wondering you... if the, one of the studio it's executives... The waiting, have, it's the waiting through for that. It's has like, sat through and went, no, it's a good idea. Let's mm. keep that, guys. Let's yeah. keep that. Yeah. yeah. My like two-year-old loves it. On DVD, that's fun because you can fast forward through the credits to get to it. But it's like when you're sitting there waiting, waiting. And that was that was a, quite a long film for an Ant-Man film. I feel like that went a lot longer than, than the first Ant-Man. It, it felt like it. Yeah, it was a, probably two at least 2.05 because our, yeah. our session started at the quarter past and then finished at 20 past two hours later. Yeah. Yeah. So um, um, yeah, I was just like, meh. Could have I just done without it? Maybe it's just because I'm I'm just so fanging to see Carol Danvers. Like I just that's all I want. I just yeah. want Miss Marvel. No, I for mine. Like when you were saying that, I'm like that would be really cool if it was more set up for her. I don't need any more teasers beyond what they did post credits of Avengers. Yeah. Like that was. I just don't such need a, it. It's just what I want. Yeah, you know. <laughs> and I know nothing about Captain Marvel. I love Brie Larson, and I know that they're making a movie currently, and it's set in the '90s, and that's really mm. I, I don't know. And I know kind of what power she has, but that's it. Yeah. And then when that popped up at the end of Avengers: Infinity War, I lost my tiny mind. Yeah. Just to point out, I always like to bring in now. I've got a little mini mate here of Ant Man. Yeah, you do. I have I have five different versions of Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel, as Marvel at home. I'll bring them in for our Captain Marvel. You can. I've got just every iteration of her costume from Ms. Marvel through to Captain Marvel. Like yeah. I'll, I'll bring them in. I'll, it'll be a whole educational <laughs> process going on. Yeah, the bro. Um, okay, I do want to touch on though, the Wasp. We did give her a little bit of love in the non-spoilers. I just want to do it now in the in the full spoilers. I thought Evangeline Lilly, uh, my future ex-wife, uh, fantastic. <laughs> um, loves Kate from Lost. And my God, she's a stunning, beautiful woman. And she was great in this because great. she has to lead the start of this movie. She has that first major action scene. And you're like, she, she is kicking ass, man. And not only was her hand-to-hand combat mm. way better than Scott's, but it's like the the wings and the blasters introduced these whole other elements yeah. to the, her yeah. style of combat. Yeah. yeah, And I know what you guys were saying when we were having dinner, that this is not one of those situations where you're watching a superhero going, why don't they use that power? Why don't they do this more? Mm. She, they are yeah. shrinking and enlarging, shrinking and enlarging. She's using her stingers. She's, using, she's flying, which... 
everything that she should be or he should be doing at any given time, they are doing. Yeah, and that yeah. you as a viewer would want them to do. Yeah. You're not seeing they're going, why are they not doing yeah. this? Why, why are they not doing shrinking? that? Why aren't you flying? You could shoot her. No, they were doing it. They were large doing it. punch, shrink while yeah. they take a strike. Yeah. She comes back up behind them, hit, shrink again. It's wicked. But just on Wasp, but I, what I like and... Because in some in some iterations of Wasp, her wings are biological, kind of like um, was it Angel from mm. X Men First Class? They, oh. And one of the reasons she doesn't grow is because her wings only work when she's small. It's the whole mass density shift. It's like if she grew to sixty feet tall and those wings sprouted out, they actually wouldn't work. They would actually wouldn't give her any lift. She yeah, wouldn't right. be able to fly with them. It's because her density is getting smaller, like yeah. a little dragonfly or a wasp. That's why those wings work. So again, it could have been a little thing like that for them to just say that, you know, as as a big version, those wings wouldn't work. So that's why wasp only shrinks. Wasp, yeah. wasp never grows. Yeah, right. Well, yeah. It, so far, I mean, is that how they portrayed it in this film? That they there's they're organic, or is it like that? No, they're, they're part or, of the suit. They're yeah, definitely see, part of the suit in this, which I like. Yeah, I actually like because we've got enough sort of supernatural, sort of fantasy related stuff where it's actually good to say hers is a suit. His is a suit, you know. Yeah. You, it it's a it keeps that balance of the technology versus organic side. Exactly. And what I like about it too is that if this movie was made ten years ago, those wings maybe do look a little bit more robotic and metallic. Yeah. Whereas now, like you said, we were asking this question: is it is it a bit bio? Like yeah. it looks like an actual wing. It's they clear. Give, it's yeah. got that sort of like veiny look running through it. Yeah. It looks and like it's, it's a it's an organic thing, but it's like ten years ago you couldn't do that because people were like that. Whatever, man. That's not a suit. You need to dumb it down and make it a bit more robotic, and you yeah. need to see the pieces moving. Whereas yeah. now it's like, it's a woman that shrinks. But it's and it's and a no, and it's a nice play it. on Iron Man's kind of already set it up, where it's like Iron Man has different suits for different situations. Yeah. Um, War Machine is his own thing. War Machine is so much more heavily armed than than Iron Man, mm. but he's slower. He doesn't have you know all that, you know because he's weighed down by all that tech. Yeah. Um. So I like the fact that sort of Wasp is just like similar technology, but they've just changed it up a little bit. Um, for different scenarios, yeah, which is which is great. And given that you know Ant Man at some points goes by the codename Goliath, which is yeah. what um, Lawrence Fishburne was going by, um, and also at some points he goes by Giant Man, which was actually on one of the on um, the TV screen, on the TV was, screen, oh, yeah. he said Giant Man, so he, d- he does go by Giant Man as well. So. It's funny. It's, I'm like I started thinking that in world, I'm like. What do the people think? Is Ant Man? Do they even know about Ant Man? They <laughs> probably two different guys. They actually, wouldn't even know about Ant Man, would they? Like that whole fight in Ant Man, completely out of the public yeah. eye. So and there was no only... one there. There was no one there to film what happened in that's Germany actually, at Civil War. That's actually a pretty cool little addition because you could just as easily have that on the screen, Ant Man. In San Francisco Bay yeah. or something, yeah. and people wouldn't ask questions. But they, no one knows about him. I mean, obviously, shouldn't he shrinks? I get that. But the fact that they have only ever known him as this weird guy that grows. What is he? He's giant man. Yeah. Um, so that was that was a nice. Touch. I did notice it was a cheeky thing, and we've we've given a bit of crap to the um, trailers in the past about sort of omitting and adding and change, sort of changing things. In the trailer for Ant Man and the Wasp, when he does grow and he's on the side of the boat, yeah. you hear him go, "Oh, yeah. like <laughs> great laugh." That was actually that wasn't in this film. That was actually they lifted that audio from Civil War. That was his laugh from Civil War when he yeah, gets big, yeah, yeah. and they've just put it into the trailer. What so, I did the, the joke there, and it wasn't referenced to in dialogue so much. It was much more of a visual thing. Was it they were on a whale watching boat? And then look at like, look at one of God's creatures coming to join yeah. us. And then he even does the little mermaid kick a with two tail, feet. Like, yep. It kind of looks like a tail, but it's kind of like that, that was, was that was funny. That, that was really was funny. Awesome. Yeah. Now, 
there's there's one part I really wanted to bring up, and uh, it's I got really excited about this. Now in the in really? the I didn't get any leg grabs. No, you no, can't no. Been that excited. That's because I have my girlfriend next to me. Oh, oh see, yeah, she took priority. Things, right. <laughs> it's like on Stargate when you hook a DHD up, it becomes a priority <laughs> gate. And my girlfriend's there, she becomes priority leg. <laughs> you may not know it, that that's that's a massive compliment. Yeah, yeah, that's a massive, massive compliment, Sarah. compliment, baby. If he just called you a DHD, yeah. wow, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's real love right there. <laughs> but one thing I, I wanted to bring up was uh, in in the first Ant Man movie when he has the ants. Obviously, the thing that is sort of destructive is the bad guy with his lasers and stuff like that. Now, you want to talk about comedic timing done right in this film when he's on the pier. And he calls upon his trusty aunt to come oh and pick him God. up. I know. Now, I have been surprised in a few of these movies, but none more so than what happened when you're expecting the aunt to come pick him up. And with the music blaring, the trumpets, everything's going. And then just all of a sudden, the seagulls. Mine, 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 <laughs> the mine. The seagulls are picking off every ant that he calls upon. They've got some fantastic eyesight, mind you. Oh, my. oh <laughs> We yeah. talk about this, the scientific sort of irregularities with, you know, the dents and mass and size and what the hell is really going on. It's contradictory. I mean, one thing these movies really haven't talked about. I, I get that when you're on an ant, it would seem like you're going very fast, but these ants really can pick up some pace. Like, oh, my God. When he was chasing yeah. that boat down, he got... He got I mean, halfway to that boat before he got done. Yeah. But like these ants are pretty quick. Yeah. But I liked what I liked about that is it's not that he's always got Antonio or or an, an Anthony or anything. Do you know I love at that the, at the at the ready? Anton. He's, he's With just all those calling names. on any random ant that's around to come and get him. And yep. then names. I love that he went first. Like he got all the way to Ulysses S. Gr- ant. Before he thought of Antonio Banderas, yeah. Yeah. like r- yeah. that's brilliant. <laughs> had an, I'm gonna call you Antonio Banderas, and then he gets picked up by you're a Seagull. badass. Antonio, yeah. <laughs> known the ant for six seconds. Yeah. Like, that was kind of fun. Yeah. Um, just while we were to end to close this up, I guess that the you were talking before about the um, likenesses to the comics as far as the Wasp goes. Yeah. Two things I want to bring up, and I guess I'll save the Hank one. Well, you know, let's end it on a, let's end it on a lighter note. I'll start with the Hank one now. Is that the the dark days of of the Hank Pym character was that he was an abuser and like he he he'd, he'd hit his wife back in the day in general. Yeah. I'm like, are Disney Marvel going to ever touch on that? Probably not. I mean, a lot of people said about Iron Man. Oh, they should make the Demon in the Bottle storyline when he really gave into his alcoholism. And I'm like, they did that in Iron Man too. Yeah, with a scene. They're not going to make a movie about Iron Man, the billion-dollar franchise, being an alcoholic. Yeah. Never going to happen. Yeah, that yeah. is the demon in the bottle storyline, done and dusted. Sorry to disappoint you. Well, Are they going to even hint that Hank Pym, as he was in the comics, had at times been an abuser of his wife? And that he'd hit her even once or twice or something. But then when Paul Rudd got taken over... By Janet from the quantum realm, which oh, darling, I miss you so much. Oh my god, I love you. Oh my god, we're having our first fight, and it's like, no, oh, it's over already. I'm like, ah, nah. I mean, she could just be happy to see him after 30 yeah. years, but I almost expected what if they get her back like two thirds of the way through this movie, and then she's not entirely happy to see me, see him because before they left, before that mission, something really just bad had happened. No, do you know what it's going to be? And it's and it's the one thing that breaks every relationship is home renovations. Now, at the end of the film, he, opened, more, he opens up the box, he's got their house, he drops it on the beach and enlarges it, 
That house has no power to it. It has it has no plumbing, no sewage. They're gonna have to do all that. <laughs> so I think while well, he's there tr- getting his answers, she's just to- spent thirty years in the quantum realm. Now he expects her to do plumbing yeah. stuff. Yeah, she's like, hey, send me back. She's like, send really? Me back to the crystal world. Really? I'm back in this world, and I'm gonna have to use a porta potty. Really? <laughs> so he's gonna have to be digging all those channels, trying to connect up power and water and he's stuff not like doing that. Shit, man, he's getting answers. Well, so to he's it. getting his answers. That'd be to the it. easiest plumbing job in the world. Digging holes and shit. You know what she should be asking. I bet she's got a big diamond on her friggin' hand. What if that's a speck of a diamond and he's just enlarged it? Oh. He's a uh, 10 carat there. She's ah. like, really? Okay, well, in fairness, it's like it's like a splinter of a diamond. one. <laughs> zap. Oh, look at that. Yep, put all my hard earned into that, doll. Yep. She's not asking questions about that. She should be. I don't trust Hank Pym now. <laughs> I don't trust him one little bit. Uh, now, the other thing from the comics was, they and they hinted on it a couple of cute times, and if they never touch on it again, then great. But if they do, here are the seeds, is Cassie... Saying, I'd love to be a partner. And then again, going, I'd love to help people like you do, Daddy. Now, that's about where my knowledge ends in this case. So I will, even just to explain it to Lincoln in the room, but to anyone else like myself that only knows Ant-Man through the movies and a kind of little bit through the uh, animated uh, films, Maddie, Cassie Lang. Cassie go. Lang is um, a young Avenger. So, which is where I'd love to see. We've talked about this in the past. Rather than a, than a reboot, you know, in five years, ten years time, mm. that this is where I want to see the MCU go. I want to. I want to see Wiccan, who is one of the children from uh, Vision and um, Scarlet Witch, mm. and her and his tw- his twin brother uh, Speed. Um, who's got Quicksilver's powers. I want to see Hulkling. I want to see... Um, Hulkling. That's Thor's right. daughter. Yeah. Um, yeah, Thor's daughter. Storm and Black Panther's son. Um, all oh these young God. Avengers. Oh, my God. Ma- okay, so imagine ma- that. So imagine, no. oh, imagine Black Panther, right? Mm-hmm. But he's got electrical powers as well. That's, that's, that's their son. I'm done. You actually um, didn't just spit in the floor like you're in an old 50s western. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, Cassie Lang has you said too much. <laughs> has been a member of uh, the Young Avengers. Now she's had a couple of different uh, iterations and a couple of different power sets. Her main one is where she just grows. She can grow and come back down. And her um, code name is Stature, which is a bit of a lame sort of code name. Um, she does have another one uh, where in in and it's natural. She doesn't need a suit for it. It's all sort of biological. Mm. So I don't know whether it's. She's been exposed to pim particles or whatever it was. I don't know that much what about it. What if you drank a pim particle? <laughs> I want to know. Take a That's piss, your dick shrinks. <laughs> oh my god! No! Oh my god! No! No! Not again! Give me I the think... round disc. The, yeah, the other I need one, the, the other one, one that enlarges it. Now, give me two be... of them. Wouldn't... Give me two. Of them. <laughs> <laughs> now, just just quickly, while we're on the subject of Cassie, mm. I have to say, movie was great. Enjoyed it. My favorite scene of the entire movie was now, like, b- even before that. The reason Iron Man works so well is because of the personal relationships and the struggles yep. personally. The, the graphics, the effects, all amazing. The superhero stuff, incredible. All, all all, geek out over that. But when you actually see a good, solid relationship slash storyline slash personal struggle, whatever it is, it really completes the circle. Now, for me, my favorite scene in this entire film was just Scott Lang and Cassie sitting on the floor. Yeah. Father and daughter having this chat, and she's actually his emotional support and stability. Yeah. And she gives him the, the permission to... 
go and do it. She's like, go and if you need to go to jail again. for twenty years to save your friend, do it. I'll be here for you. I'm yeah. still your daughter. Yeah. I'm gonna love that's you. That's where she's wearing her tutu and her combat boots. I'm like, that's <laughs> brilliant. And it's great because she goes, you need a sidekick, and he said, yeah, oh, you need a partner. And then he he goes, oh, Hope doesn't want me this and that. And she goes, I was talking about me. And you, and I've mm. just felt my girlfriend just grab my hand so tight, and I was like, <laughs> you know what? I felt that too. Yeah. <laughs> I felt that. Too. Well, you think like my my oldest boy James, he's five. He says that sort of shit. Like in in his mind, I'm like, we're just like mates. You know, the same age. I just happened to be bigger than him, and I was alive before him. Like yeah. that's about it. Mainly because we played lightsabers in the, in the yard today. <laughs> My wife's doing actual adult stuff, and I'm there going, oh, "No, the force does work like that." No, I don't cheat, man. Yeah. If my lightsaber hits you in the leg, your leg's cut off. And I'm a better lightsaber fighter than you, so shut up. <laughs> anyway, so like I said, we're nowhere near five years old together. But um, <laughs> kids say shit like that. And I'm, I really like that scene, uh, uh, her saying that, because I'm like, oh, that's a tease to the hardcore nerds out there that know her future. But it also was just a nice little touch that, like, he's doing it for her. The first movie yeah. about her is committing crimes. How he so got through he can, prison. Yeah, and, like, not great. Like, I was actually watching the first Ant-Man with James the other day, my five-year-old, and I'm saying, oh, he's a thief. Oh, he's a bad guy. Said, well, he kind of stole from bad people. James like, yeah, but he still stole. And I'm like, okay, cool. What's he doing now? I said, well, he's getting a job so he can see his daughter because these people don't want him to see his daughter unless he has a job. That's not very nice. I said, no, I know. Oh, now he's, now he's got to steal stuff. So he's a bad guy. Yeah, James, look, it's a grey thing, man. It's not black it's a, and white. Yeah. So, and then they get the second movie. Hard to explain the intricacies yeah. to a child. And obviously the daughter, well well and truly knows why he's in jail, why he's under house arrest, because he went over and did avenging stuff. That's mm. fine. She loves him completely. She loves being at his house with him day in, day out, if mm. it means she gets to hang with him. Yep. And I think where I think maybe they could go to this uh, Young Avengers thing in the future, Maddie. I heard people talking about that, and even yourself, before I saw this movie tonight. Mm. And I'm like... Okay, that cute little girl with no front teeth, like, yeah, okay, what? Like, certainly not that actress. They might not get her back. They'll well, get someone else been, in 10 years. Hasn't there been talk about they've hired a different actress for, like, Avengers 4 to play Cassie's character? I like, an, an some, older actress? Some, yeah, I heard Well, like, from talk. the future or something? Well, yeah. they speculated that. Yeah. Oh, wow, so I haven't, I haven't heard that, but... Of that similar look, just older, and they said this could be older Cassie. Yeah. But, yeah, mm. there's no confirmation about Whereas that. Whereas seeing... The, the actress that played Cassie in this film, and obviously she's got her adult teeth now, so she looks like she's a little bit older. She looks like the same, but she looks so much more grown up. She's That's still playing well, that, that role very well. And I'm like, if you stick around for another five years, you could be doing some superhero shit. And I liked, I love that payoff. At the start of the film, she's like, I'd like to shrink. He's like, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yes. At the end of the movie... They're not going to a drive-in. They're watching a laptop in the backyard, yeah. and she finally got to shrink with I mean, her dad. If you, you know, think like, about it, so really true. I, did, I forgot cool about that. little touch. It was if just, you think yeah. about it, even if we knock her back to, say, 10, that means she's only six years younger than Peter Parker. Tom Holland's Peter Parker. Yeah. Totally. You know? Totally. So it's like... I could yeah. do it. Easily. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you're actually you're right, Mitch. That's another thing of the, the story, the relationship kind of stuff, where she's saying to her dad, you know, that's something that we'd say to each other. If one of us could actually shrink, What's the first thing you'd say to each other? How is it to shrink? Oh, man. What's I've it like? It, like? I've it just if, seems like they skim past that. If you I know, get powers, I'm coming to like you guys first because you'll believe me. Why do I make that shit up? <laughs> like, no one will believe me, man. But I teleported so today. So you could, yeah. uh, you you have could no tell idea. us how it was, what Absolutely. it was like. Because we'd be like, right. what was it like, Mitch? Where'd you go? Did it hurt? Did it yeah. do this? Did it yeah. do that? Okay, let's experiment. See if you can take us with you next time. Like, <laughs> yeah. like if it kills us, we're totally down we're for dying. Straight if, to Red Rooster. Then after that, let's teleport somewhere really quick. We at least need a large chips. Mass family chips for sure. And Red Rooster, lovely people. If you want to sponsor the show jump on board get in a geek oh mate they're chocolate mousse oh, oh no 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 Jesus. the extra salt they gave me and my girlfriend today in the car oh, is, that, is that a euphemism or 
No, 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 no. actually, they filmed it, mate. There was extra salt in the chips. (laughs) They actually made a video of it. They showed me on the drive-in. Yeah. She's just like, how you're salty because you didn't get enough salt? And I'm like, oh, f***. They are good chips. Yeah, they're (laughs) amazing. So, yeah. Now, they do good garlic bread as well. As we gear up in our... Oh, mate. You haven't lived. <laughs> when you get buy garlic bread, get home, chuck it in the oven for five minutes. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so it you sounds be- like you're doing half the work. <laughs> <laughs> I pay them a stupid amount of money so that I have to do no work. <laughs> so as we look at the final minutes of uh, of today's show about Ant-Man and the Wasp, um, I ask very brief, short, what, gun to your head, how the f*** does Ant-Man get back from the Quantum Realm for Infinity War Part 2 slash Avengers 4, whatever the hell it's going to be called? Go, Matty. Um, I mean, all that text still there. Maybe it's Luis. It's, um, what's his name? Yeah, Michael Pena. Michael Pena. He that comes was... back, presses the space bar on that thing, and, yeah. and, and he's back. Yeah. yeah. Well, before I go to you, I, I, that was kind of my thought too, is it, it, it's so serious he's lost in the Quantum Realm. Mm. His three mates got dusted. Holy shit. Avengers 4 is riding on the people that were left. Now we've got one less person that was able to help. But for mine, that's their comedic relief early in the film. It's like mm. Michael Penny comes up to look for his van. That that van has got the quantum little tunnel in it. He comes up and go, what's going on here, man? Boom. Brings him back. And he's like, what's all this dust here? You know, like it's a funny little, oh, that's right. These characters are here. Like the Guardians in the first Infinity War. They're the relief about all the all the shit that's going on. Uh, so, yeah, I agree with you, Matty. Yeah. Lincoln- I, would, I would say... He'd do it himself, but they made it very clear that the only reason he was able to return from the quantum realm in the first film is because he had the old suit with the regulator. Mm. Was it the regulator that was missing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because remember, that's how uh, Janet got there in the first place. Yeah, so yeah. did you see that in the next, in the newest one, at the very end of the movie, he had no regulator? No, they did said see- it because remember, they said during the film. during the No, film, but at the very end, what suit was he wearing? The new one that, okay. that had me. So but the regulator was still would- playing up, though. Remember how it was all, it was stuffed yeah. up? No, it didn't have a regulator, remember? That's right. why it was, it was, it so was that's a new why version of tech. Do you think that maybe that's, that's between... why they had to go and get the old suit because it had yeah. the regulator, which is how they were going to get to the quantum realm in the Would first place. Would you be okay then if in Avengers 4 we find that he does come back by himself and we basically have to, in our own heads, put together that between the end of Ant-Man and the Wasp and that post-credit scene... They did incorporate some kind they of regulator. Yeah, yeah, either that. It'd or have they, to be a line. There'd have to be yeah, a line there. Somewhere. Something either that or they give like as a precaution. You give him the discs or something like that, where he can hit himself yeah. or something yeah. like that. And for me, that that post-credit scene, the fact that the wasp gets dusted tells me that the reverse dusting will happen far earlier in this movie than maybe we're thinking that it's going to be the end of the film. Because mm. Evangeline Lilly is part of Avengers 4, and I want to say that maybe she's not just like, hey, I'm back, credits. Like, mm. I want to say nah. that... Can I, can I, uh, as we like to say when we talk MCU, tickle your ass with a feather, Mitch? Please. Uh, one of the... Time, better or... than anyone I know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> one of the uh, fan theories um, about Infinity is that when you are... Uh, because obviously Gamora is going to be in, in, in Infinity War 4 as well. Which you're mm. stoked about. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Every soul that is destroyed by the soul stone is absorbed into the soul stone, and there's like a whole nother reality within the soul stone. They're just wow. all hanging out like so soul there's stone this, refugees. Somewhere. So there's this whole fan theory that basically everyone, all of the Avengers, get together inside the soul stone and have to try and figure out a way out. Oh my god! So that's like well, Black Panther's in there. It's that's fine. the that's the beast. <laughs> yeah, that's the beast story. To yeah, but Wasp hasn't got a suit. Like she's got her brains. And I really wanted to have mm. that kick ass. Well, suit. T'Challa yeah. is actually in the comics. He is the smartest person on the planet, and yeah. his sister is the sixth smartest person on the planet. How do they rank that? Yep, uh, I don't know. But I t- dare say T'Challa films, actually created she... like Tony Stark did with the help of his dad. T'Challa actually created his own element. 
a mm. brand new element. That's that's just I, how I they test that. it. Like, no, I read yeah. board. But then MCU, no, like, it's like, well, uh, Tony Stark created his own element in mm. Iron Man Two with the help of his father's research. Yeah, though. and then you've got, I would say, in the for the, for the film, Shuri is probably smarter than um, T'Challa is. Well, yeah, that's the way they've painted it out. But mm. like in the actual sort of yeah, the, the MCU stuff that that. T'Challa is the smartest human on the planet, so yeah. it's, it's it's interesting. But yeah, you're yeah. absolutely right. Well, in the same way, in the comics, um, it was actually Ant Man and Wasp who created Ultron. Ultron was actually a creation of Ant Man's. Mm. Oh Hank, wow, Hank Pym's. Wow, yeah. that's why that's why Ultron's head in the comics it kind of looks like an ant because he was modelled after Ant Man's original oh, helmet. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my theory is possibly who's to say Luis wasn't dusted as well. So that's I don't know it. about yeah. that. So I would I would go either one of one of two theories. One is he's it's what we just said before. Either the the prototype suit has its own regulator, mm-hmm. or he has the disc thing. That's that's one theory, and so he could get out himself. Or two, because there's such chaos, everyone would be searching around everywhere for anything, and you'd see up top there's all this contraption stuff like that. And if he's still calling it through a radio, mm. yeah, the radio was say working. A random punter doesn't sort of go, <laughs> you know, see Stan like, Lee. That's his cameo. Oh, oh my god, that'd be amazing. So you just know, walking his dog walks past, yeah. presses the space bar. Hello, you know, Actually, can we just? Like, His cameo in this God, movie. God, that was the one of the best. His car weird. just disappear, was it? He's like, yep. yeah. the 60s were rough on me and now I'm paying for it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what the f***? That's right up there with him being like the DJ at a strip club in Deadpool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome to the stage, Destiny. You can't buy love, but you can rent it for $3 a minute. (laughs) So good. And and in the old Spider-Man movie where uh, he's the the janitor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the whole fight's going around around behind him, but he's wearing noise-canceling headphones, so he can't hear a thing. So it's this goes down easily in the top five best Stanley cameos. Just awesome. It's pretty fun. You can see the old man's getting on. But he's this would have been he filmed five at once. Yes, yeah. because they this didn't would have been know if it's maybe survive. number three, maybe number four. Yeah, I, want to say, I, think, I read so. that. Yeah. yeah. So I reckon it's either a random punter or he gets himself out because I don't know if you could typically count on whether or not Luis got dusted. Yeah. But you can obviously count on the fact that fifty percent white got wiped out. So there's a possibility. Could be a time of recall as well. It's like because they started initiating the recall sequence and then the radio got cut off and they got turned to dust. Mm. Maybe in a minute and a half, he'll just come back himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? But I think that the way that they've painted it out is just to be so much more dire well, than Well, that. obviously they want to set up the peril for, you know, the end of this film, the really mm, heightened mm. tension of it. But yeah, it could just be, you know, in 90 seconds time, it's like, it's a countdown and yeah. then he, he comes back. But you're right, yeah. Yeah, so they, they, I think they've, they've left it vague enough that they've, yeah, they've got room to move depending on, I think, how fans react to it and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Overall, I'd have to say number one flowed a lot easier than this did, but yeah, well, as you a, think about that with as Iron a whole, Man. Too. As, Iron Man One is such a simple story. Yep. It flows so easily, even though it was when there's very little expectation. A you're not of a sure; franchise. it's easy to smash yeah. it. And but yeah, with this one, as far as sequels go, to further it on, I think fantastic. You know, they upped the technology, they upped all the advancements, the searching through the cron- the quantum realm, and also in terms of just the technology and the exposure, I think that's the best way they could have went about it with the bad guys, the black market, the buying, the the sort of we will do anything to get our hands on this technology. That is the real world. You know, as yeah, soon as well, something big drops down, people are like, we need was, to get our hands on this tech. When and Goggins so, was hinting at the fact that the next stage of the black market is dealing in quantum energy. Exactly. Like, yeah, man. Like Straight, like in Jurassic World, they're, they're, they're black market mm. dealing dinosaurs. And you're like, well, if they existed, they would be getting taken. They would be getting sold on the Probably black market. Probably selling them for more than 12 mil, though. 100%. <laughs> you know, 100%. Any day of the week. Yeah. Man, if you pick up a T-Rex for $12 million, that's a... Bargain. <laughs> bargain, but yeah, it's that's the only like that's the, the the correct way to go because 
humans are shit, and that's the way we would have went. So humans do suck. Look, I and we hear, leave you on that. No. <laughs> I didn't hear half of that because I made the mistake of opening up my Instagram. Ah, uh, uh, sorry, man. Are we boring you? Eh? No, no, no. There's literally the first post is uh, Hot Toys release of their new Ant Man and the Wasp. These are action figures. They go yeah, for about four hundred bucks a pop. They're so Woo! good, man. They're ridiculous. But have a look at this. So there's your Ant Man, and there's your Wasp. Yeah, I, want I that. am frothing. <laughs> Unless the actress comes with the toy, I'm not paying 400 bucks for that shit. Oh, mate, Paul Rudd's still looking good with his shirt off. I'd take either. Oh, yeah. Go for gold. You know what? <laughs> Usually this is when I tell you the movie's out, go see it. You've already seen it, so go see it again. Tell everyone you know to go see it. And then, you know, if you're feeling friendly, check out our podcast as well. You can pass on to them. Uh, if you are new to the uh, channel, check out all of our old movie podcasts, TV podcasts as well. A lot of it's superhero related, uh, but you can check it out on the podcasting channels. Just simply search Get Into Geek. Hit us up, subscribe, like, share, whatever you do on the socials. Get into geek. Myself, Mitch underscore Lewis, Twitter and Instagram. Let's talk some Marvel. I want to hear some theories. Matty. At High Pitch Matty. DM the shit out of that guy. He loves it. slide into my DMs. And Lincoln. Just search the ring in and uh, actually, no, probably (laughs) not because that'll probably come with a few other things. But just, you know, if you've got time after, find you at. I don't don't know. I don't want to know what's been in your ring. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, At link underscore Lewis on everything. And look, we'll be back in the next couple of weeks. I dare say, at least to talk. I want to come back in. There's a lot of movies I want to come in. So I really want to come in next week and talk about Skyscraper, just because that looks like a whole lot of ridiculousness that I really want to be a part of. And uh, look, in at least four weeks' time, we're talking about Mission Impossible Fallout. Yes, sir. Yeah, I want to see a six foot five Henry Cavill kick the shit out of a five foot two Tom Cruise (laughs) and somehow make it believable. That's him on on an Apple. I mean, that that moustache better be friggin' crucial. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa! Have you seen? Someone actually picked up. You know, the trailer. And let's keep stretching this out. In the trailer in the bathroom where Henry Cavill cocks his arms before he goes and punches the shit out of that bloke in the bathroom. Mm. You're familiar with that one shot. It's like you see him, he looks like a Hulk wearing a business shirt. He is a giant man. He actually yeah. cocks his he needs arms to go to the gym, and then holds it up like he's a boxer and he starts walking. You watch it. <laughs> this guy stopped it and just made a gif out of it. As he cocks his arms, mm. he grows a beard. <laughs> No, 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 no. They haven't digitally done this. It is from the trailer where it's like he walks into a shadow, but it's like he's already got the mo. And then as he cocks his arms, he gets like a three day growth. It's incredible. Go and watch it. Find it. Search it. I don't know how to do it, so I'm not going to share it. But go check it out. Join us back here in four weeks' time. We're going to talk about Mission Impossible Fallout. And happy birthday to Tom Cruise. You're 56 now, you crazy, crazy son of a bitch. <laughs> Get into geek.com.